This is Miss Kay. The Robertson family is telling it all in our new movie, The Blind. This is The Blind Movie Podcast. Here's episode one. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I'm Sadie, I'm Willie's daughter, and I'm so excited and maybe a little nervous to get to interview my whole Robertson family. I know y'all are so excited to hear from everybody. And we are gonna talk about the blind and we actually all got to see it together last night. So to just kickstart this podcast, let's just rapid fire. Everyone just share your first thoughts of the movie. You don't have to go into great detail. Just want to hear from everybody. What was your initial reaction? Pitbull Phil, you got to kick us off. Everybody is worth being saved. Sometimes they get to thinking, I'm so sorry and low down. I'm not even worthy to be saved. God wants everybody to understand through the Apostle Paul's writing, my life, that don't ever give up on yourself. Give your life to God. You'll be surprised that you are worth saving or he wouldn't have sent Jesus to die for us. Amen, that's so good. Well, you definitely see that throughout the whole movie and it's so hopeful. I must have thought he was worth saving, right? That's right. By waiting. That's right. Thank you. You can write it down later. Thank you. That's right, so. (laughs) Thank you, write it down later. Make a note of that, Kay. Note it. Noted. So there were a lot of tears in the movie, but somebody's tears we didn't see were Uncle Cy because you showed up looking pretty spiffy last night. We had some bling bling, some sunglasses on. So you had a little bit of a poker face on, but what were your thoughts of the movie last night? It was powerful. Yeah. Okay, when people first asked me about it, so I said, well, I kind of choked up and I said, look, that's my brother you're talking about. I said, how would you like to show the world in living color everything you've done wrong? It was embarrassing. But we've all been there. That's why I tell you, hey, you're not by yourself. Yeah. Okay, because when you was beating the ground and screaming in the movie, I remember exactly when that happened to me. I had got to my lowest point in life and just, what do you do? You know, who do you turn to? Well, you turn to Jesus. You know, and by the grace of God, okay, you know, he fixes everything. There's a scene in the movie where the three of y'all are on a date because Uncle Si was the third wheel. And here we are, how many years later? And we got Uncle Si right beside the two of you. And so it's just sweet to see y'all's bond throughout all these years you know, held si together. Actually introduces me now as his sister, not his sister-in-law, don't you? Yeah, she is my sister. That's true, I love it. Okay, at the age of 14. That's so sweet. Y'all's bond is so sweet, but I just think it really is so cool that it stayed throughout all these years. And here y'all are still preaching the same message, Jesus Christ. So that's super powerful. Right, look, I've been with them in the beginning. Phil come in one Friday and said, hey, I got a date tonight. And the first word out of mama's mouth was, hey, you're taking side with you. <laughs> so is the, your he mama. Is part of our dating. So, hey, how would you like first date? Hey, fifth wheel. Dun, dun, dun. 
Okay, now let's kick it to the kids for a second. And don't worry, I'm coming to you at the start of the show in a minute. But what was it like for y'all to watch that played out? Because some of y'all remember that time and some of you, Dad, you were really little in the movie. Jet wasn't quite there yet. Phyllis, it was a completely different story, which we'll get to that later. But what was that like? Just initial reaction, seeing it on the big screen last night. Were there tears from, from y'all just a little bit? Well, I think there was definitely some kind of um, pathogen in the room because it just kept watering my eyes the entire time. Uh, yeah, it you know, living it, Sadie, was so many of those scenes I remember so well. You know, we were running out of the house in the rain, you know, to get in that Volkswagen. You know, when you remember that, uh, that's an imprinting on your life. And so obviously those scenes were powerful to me. But, you know, it was the little things for me. Uh, the church setting us up in a place to live. You know, I've spent most of my life in ministry and to know that they were there to give us an opportunity, not being sure. And so we were little kids. I mean, the three of us were little and, you know, you're unsure. You're all, you're homeless all of a sudden. And so the idea of finding security someplace, that was what touched me. I think yeah. watching the film and just, you know, teared me up. That's cool. Yep. I was the same way. Uh, I guess it's hard to, you know, you have these moments when you're a kid and they were difficult but you tuck them away, you deal with it, you get through it, thinking you'll never have to deal with that again. So it was a little rough to watch some of those memories. Uh, Cause you know, from a kid's perspective, Al and I were pretty much, you know, it was a scary time in our lives. We were in survival mode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were. Yeah, that was a couple couple scenes that brought back you know scary memories or whatever but uh the most unrealistic thing in the movie i thought was uh and most people probably didn't notice this but al and i were running around in the yard and it looked like we were equal speed <laughs> no it's funny because like a rabbit and a turtle. I thought the same thing, Jace, except that me beating the crap out of you. <laughs> like, if it had been real, it would have been me doing something terrible to it. So it was like, we were just frolicking, which I thought was just, I thought it was far too, like, well, that's peaceful. Where I, that's where I was going with this, is the only true weapon I had at that age was my speed. And I, I ran from my dad, I ran from Wow, I just ran. <laughs> a lot of running. He was a running man. But uh, I will say I appreciate, you know, my parents willing to go along with this and being that vulnerable because uh, it really, you know, wasn't about me. And we we had some good memories too. It was just, you know, you knew there was something wrong here. Yeah. And we just, we needed some help. And I did so, want to say the, having the Christmas Eve and Christmas morning scene was very powerful to me because, and the film doesn't have a chance to depict this fully, but Christmas was the only time dad was sort of around more than he was, mm. even in the worst times. And so having that depicted and him taking us hunting, that was really touching to me because Christmas yeah. was very special. And dad was always with his, a lot of times he wouldn't even go hunting you know, to be there with us. And so that, that touched me a lot. I agree. Christmas I thought, mornings were big. You know? I thought the same thing. I always remember, you know, being around in Christmas. And I remember the first time, you know, he took us duck hunting, which yep. I was That's like, cool. well, something's different. And uh, it was just, it was really a profound moment.
That's awesome. Well, it's cool that you said that about, you know, the most unrealistic thing and the most real thing. Cause when we watched it for the first time, we watched a rough cut at the house of my mom and dad. And we were like, was that real? Was that real? You know? And I was so surprised to learn so many of the things that were real. And most of our questions about, uh, was that real were some of the sweet moments, like when you had your, um, flute or the whistle or whatever it was yeah. we were like is that really how it happened they're like yeah and so i didn't even know that so that was really cool to see some of those things that you know we've heard some of the harder stories we've heard but seeing those sweet little moments was really really cool the little us. whistle scene comes from one time i was somewhere i don't forgot and a little kid walked by tooting on a little toy horn. How's your kid good? Don't give away the movie, Phil. Don't give away the movie. We're teasing. Yeah. Yeah, but I looked over there and I said, that sound, we bring it out in the movie. They, they brought it out in the movie. I said, that little horn there sounds like a pintail. And I named a duck. I said, it sounds like a duck. So I went over and looked at it. And took it away from him. And, and look, so I made, took that little thing and looked around on it and fooled with it and made some changes in it. But I came up with the first whistle duck call that, that I had, and it sounded like a, a widgeon, a teal, and a pintail, little bitty whistle. And we moved, sold millions of those. Wow. Just that because was... I heard that heard that little kid walk by and he, he was too pip, pip, pip. That little kid. <laughs> <laughs> that little kid was maybe. It gave me an idea. <laughs> it's all a fog. It's all a fog. Oh. That was so cool because I I did not know that that's how it started. And then you know you see the end whenever they roll out some of the things that have happened since then. And I don't want to give everything away, but I think it's pretty obvious that we're doing this. You know, obviously Duck Dynasty happened, and a lot of duck calls were sold. And it says seven million duck calls have been sold. And you just saw this little scene with the whistle. So that was really cool. That, just I happened did not to hear that. a little kid tapping on a little toy. <laughs> that is awesome. Nobody ever right? thought pintail, but being old Jace back there, you know, because Jace was the one that hunted with me the most, but uh, we all had duck hunts, you know, but yeah. and duck calls became, you know, part of duck hunting. So that kept us up busy. You know, that that's the livelihood we chose. Jeff, was anything in the movie that surprised you? You know, I know you weren't quite born yet. I know you've heard a lot of the stories, but watching it, was there anything that kind of took you back? Uh, Dad smoking? I didn't know he smoked. Did you smoke? Did you smoke? Yeah, that was no. more. That was a little bit of, they, they, they stressed it a little bit. I, I remember, <laughs> I, I've, never, I've never smoked a legitimate there was smoking. I mean, you couldn't get, you, you couldn't get what I was smoking in there. It's not a regulation cigarette. I I with whatever he's smoking must really change a person's behavior. So that's all I'm going to say about it. It's called skunk weed. Okay. Going, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't that, that was good. I will say something about that. 
Well, we were up in the summers, you know, Tech got us a job and we went to Lincoln, Nebraska for him to work the pipeline to just help us out for the year. You know, the Louisiana Tech, since he played football, they didn't want him working during the year. So we, they would help us get a job in the summer. And I remember when we were in Lincoln, Nebraska, and he come in and I kept saying, what, outside the door, I said, what is that funny smell? There's the funny smell. What is that? And Phil said, that's them two old people. I smelled it when I came in. I said. And I was the one while she was smelling. I know. <laughs> and I said, I think that smells like them, that marijuana cigarette or whatever that is. And Phil said, them old people, they were doing it. I'm telling you, I saw a liar. <laughs> he was doing it. And blaming it on two 80-year-old people. That was terrible. That scene did not make the movie so that's yeah. a bonus for everyone listening <laughs> when you're not following jesus you you lie a lot <laughs> that, that's a good bonus feature for it for just episode. came to my mind those uh, poor two old people they got blessed <laughs> this is miss k and uncle si on the blind on digital today visit the blindmovie.com So, Phil, as I mentioned, you know, your story is a lot different. And I think that it was so cool last night seeing you sit beside Pebble Phil because it shows that beautiful things can come out of really hard times, too, you know. And you're such a redemption to a hard time sitting there and with your kids and your grandkid. And it was just really, really sweet to have you there and have you here um, because you are a sister and you're a family. And so what was it like for you to watch? I know you texted me this morning and said, um, we were talking last night, what, what can I ask you? What, what do you want to share? And you said, ask me where I was during that time. And so where were you during that time? So when the movie opens, it says 1985. And I immediately was like, where, where was I in 1985? Um, I was 10 and uh, living in a camper actually, uh, interestingly enough. And I had no idea that I had a Christian dad and he had no idea in Miss K. They had no idea. They had a 10 year old daughter 45 minutes away that's that's where i was so close wow yeah. wow that's wild well so i prayed for a daughter yeah. even though she's a day late but you know what we got her god's on, god's on time right? i couldn't but hey mom you had jeb <laughs> well i tried to make a girl out of him but it didn't work <laughs> we're glad that, that didn't work oh my gosh. well he was I, sweet he, he was sweet boys he that are sweet. back in the back he behind so me sweet. thank you he always hugs me even now i will say me watching the movie it's a weird perspective because i thought I am really lucky to be alive. Like I feel like I'm like a a true like God's grace That's is yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I am like <laughs> God's I, grace I shouldn't is be me. here. No, it's true. And honestly, I kind of felt that way too, um, watching the movie, because it was just wild to see like if your life hadn't changed, y'all's life didn't change as a family you probably wouldn't have met mom, you know, like so many things wouldn't have happened. Um, and that was really cool sitting there in a room full of generations. I mean, Mama Kay, I asked you that, you know, after the movie, you were emotional and just sharing how impactful that was, how that was a really hard 10 years, but it was all worth it to sit here. And you're sitting in that room with your kids, your grandkids, I'm holding your great grandkid. And, you know, just the generations that love Jesus, 
there are some really powerful moments that Miss K had in the movie, but all of the really powerful moments that stood out to me were ones that I've already heard you say. You know, it was the, um, my, my grandma told me that there's gonna be a time you have to fight for your marriage. I've heard you say that since I was little, you know? I try to say it all the time. And, and now I'm married. Because I don't and, think people fight for their marriage yeah. like they should. Yeah, and you showed an example of what that looks like. I wanted to ask, there's some audience members today. We have all the wives and uh, husbands and um, Aunt Anne here. And I just want to ask the women, you know, y'all have heard Mama K say that forever. Y'all been married for a long time. All of you guys has that word that she said in that example saved y'all and y'all's marriage at times. I guess Al and I have been married the longest, um, 39 years this year. Um, and, you know, we had the hard times in our marriage, too. And the one person in this family who came um, to nurture me and to help me through that hard time and to show me what a wife was and to show me what a mom was, was Miss Kay. She taught me how to cook. She taught me everything, you know. And so, um, sure, I mean, to fight for your marriage, I know what that means. And she lived it out in front of me. It's awesome. It's so good. We've been married for 31 years. Is that right, babe? I get it wrong Mom. every time. <laughs> I mean, I'm bad. I'm bad about it. But we've been married for a long time, so I don't think anybody who's been married for that long has, has not experienced times when you have to fight for your marriage. And that hearing that from Kay from early on, you know, and just seeing her example of that. And I always say what happened in that moment is so powerful because... Phil truly repented and Kay truly forgave him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what it takes in a marriage. You know, it it's takes good. that over and over again within a relationship, you know, times of repentance and times of forgiveness for a marriage to last. And um, you just see that so beautifully displayed in their life. And it impacted us for sure it's in our good. marriages. Well, I am grateful too that uh, the, redemptive, the, the redemptive story that Phil had because I'm married to the baby of the family. Um, and he's also, man, we've been married 22 years and I am um, obviously, Kay and I are really close. She's one of my closest friends. And definitely those words struck hard throughout. I feel like we say the first year is hard, but I was like, the first seven years was hard <laughs> is what I said. But, uh, but always, it always came back to, I know how much Jep loves God and puts mm -hmm. and follows Jesus and the same for, for me. And so, you know, if you're always looking to him, it's gonna be okay, it's gonna work out. And definitely you have to have grace and forgiveness always. The most powerful moment to me in the movie was when Phil was baptized. Mm -hmm. And I know you say, oh, well, because that's the pinnacle of the movie. The way the movie set that up was so realistic because that had to happen in the way that it happened for it to be real yeah. and not just um, symbolic of something. Yeah. It was real. And that dead man is not coming back again. Mm -hmm. And he left him in the river that day. Yeah. That is why everyone is sitting right here, mm -hmm. not just for the fact that we're all alive and are married to each other and have communication and relationship, but because that we are actually here because of Jesus Christ yeah. and the legacy that Phil started on that day when he left that old man in the river, that is why we're all here. That is why we're teaching our children about yeah. Jesus. Mm -hmm. He started that legacy and it's, it's an honor to be a part of that. That's right. I had told Phil, I had come in from on leave and I had told him, he was telling me about his buddies. They all showed up and said, hey, let's go get drunk. 
And his most powerful statement he's ever made was when he told Al Bolin and them, he said, hey, the man you're looking for is dead and buried. I buried him and he's gone. And, and Missy just said it. That's when his life changed. Okay, can he own, he own what he done? Yeah. Because here's a man that all he's thought about his whole life is God's creation. That's where he's lived and where, that's where he went to. Every time he was in trouble, that's where he went to. That's the most powerful thing about it. He didn't know the creator, but he, that, he loved what was created. You know, and then guess what? Bam. Then he meets the creator and it changes his entire life and changes all of us yeah. with it. Okay, that's the powerful part about it. It's good. Is this man has changed a whole bunch of people yeah. because of Jesus Christ. Well, that was really cool, just sitting there even in the theater, thinking how one man's life, one man's repentance and change through Jesus Christ can affect so many people. And I'm not even talking about the millions that this movie will affect, but I was just thinking about the room, like the family. Yeah. And that was so powerful. And I love how, Miss, you said it wasn't just a symbolic moment. That was a true, I'm buried and I'm raising again to a new person. The new creation. And you felt that there in that moment where Bill Smith was talking to you and, and he said, you know, you said, what do I have to do? And he said, you have to die. And you said, I'm ready. And it was like, as you felt that I'm truly ready to die, but not die. Like I'm ready to die to this old self and become a new person. One of those guys that was in the little group that pursued me after I was converted, I hid. I, I, we got out on the river and I, I got away from everybody. So I needed it. So he's right. So fishing, hunting started making, started making a living at it. But a strange saying, after that meeting where I said, I'm not going with you boys anywhere. I said, I'm not gonna ride around with you. I'm done with all of you. The Phil Robertson you're looking for, he's gone. This is a new one. He died, you know, and was buried. So he's gone. And they all started looking at each other like, you know, he's nuts. It scared him. Well, 12 years later, after that, let's go get drunk. No, I'm not going with y'all anywhere. 12 years later, the phone rang and Big Al, who was in the movie, told me that a doctor had just informed him that he had an aneurysm near his heart, a balloon artery that could explode at any moment. I said, I'll be up there in a little bit. I hung the phone up. I told Miss Kay, I said, Big Al's ready. So I drove the 80 miles to Arkansas. We went, he said, tell me the whole story what happened to you because I, I could die at any moment. I shared Jesus with him, I baptized him, and about three or four months later, he fell dead. Wow. And they asked me to come do his funeral. And I said, well, I've never done a funeral. I don't even have a suit. Most of these funeral people dressed up kind of spiffy-like. <laughs> I said, I don't have this stuff. And they said, he said, if he died, he wanted you. Wow. 
Well, I think it's wild to think about just who's going to be walking into the movie theater. You know, um, you think about a church. So many of y'all preached, all of y'all preached at a church, taught at a church. And you think about who's walking into this room. You know, someone's walking into this room with a marriage that's broken. Someone's walking into this room who's thinking about suicide. Someone's walking in this room who's thinking about, you know, um, they don't think that their life can turn. They don't think their life can change. Um, they're just got news from a doctor. Big Al was a self he would tell you quick that he was an atheist. Yeah, you're he atheist. He was an atheist up to the last two or three months of his life. Yeah. Changed his mind. <sighs> God said. Yeah. <laughs> cut it, cut it thin. But it shows you he never gives up on somebody. That's right. Yep. And he didn't either. You did not. And so many of those people just like him are going to walk into that theater and they're going to hear yeah, I wasn't watching gospel. him too close. I, he was an atheist who got drunk a lot. But everybody needs to realize the world is there. They're watching us, whether we watch them or not. They're watching us. That's why... You never rule it out. That's right. They'll turn. Some of them cut it thin. That's right. Dad, you said at a church service that I just heard you speak at, you said, you know, watching the movie, it was so close to going one way or the other. Like it, it was either going to have this redemption story or it was just going to go downhill. And you just mentioned for some people, you know, they do turn right then, right there yep. and their life's change. And then some people, they don't. And then their life goes a different way. For people listening to this podcast, I mean, people are going to walk into this movie who are at that pivotal moment in their life. It's going to go one way or the other. People are listening to this podcast and it, they're at that pivotal moment in their life. Can you just speak to the person for a minute who feels like, their their life can't change. You just feel stuck in that on their knees moment, hitting the ground moment. Phil's story reminds me of why I try not to give up on anyone because you never know, you know, what God could have in store. I don't think you could have ever spotted, you know, you've got a, a couple in Junction City, Arkansas. There's no money. There's no, we don't know the right people. You know, it just looked like there's no way something great could come out of this situation. And, um, and you fast forward, you know, almost 50 years and then look at the dramatic, you know, things that God can use uh, people. And so that's why you just never know, you know, if somebody, somebody could look so far out there and you think that person's never gonna turn around, they're never gonna amount to anything. And so I think that's a reminder of that. I think this family is, is all together. I mean, mostly because of Kay, honestly. I mean, because Kay did, um, not just that she took Phil back because she had every reason. I mean, I think during the movie, you're like, well, I did, why would you stay? You know, I think even Sai says that in the movie, which is like, you don't deserve this. And um, uh, so the fact that she did that, because I think Phil could have become a, a new man. God could have worked in powerful ways. And but we wouldn't all be probably sitting here in this. <laughs> in this there would be no duck commander. <laughs> or there would be not... Not as we know that, which if there was no Duck Commander, there'd be no Duck Dynasty. If there was no Duck Dynasty, there wouldn't be a podcast. So, in fact, everywhere we speak or everywhere we touch through a podcast, through a movie, uh, through television, everything goes back to the faith and, and two people changing their lives, every part of that. So it just keeps yielding. Yep. Every new person that hears, if there's a person here that's hearing this, you can go back to the reason why. Also, when I watch the movie, 
what struck me was I was thinking about how beautiful are the feet of the people who bring the good news. And it was another two people. It wasn't just these two people, but it was Aunt Jan and Bill Smith who took, because Kay couldn't do it at the time. No one could, no one could get the gospel exactly what needed to be said. Yeah. And it was, and they looked so awkward in the movie, especially in those environments. And I think we're thinking, oh, we don't want to look awkward. We want to kind of blend in with the world, but they didn't. They went into those environments. They looked awkward. They were laughed at and the gospel came through. So I think we can find ourselves somewhere in that movie. You can find yourself and, you know, are you the person who needs to go somewhere to talk to someone like Bill? Are you the person who cares about a family person who does not give up on them? Are you a person like Kay who needs to forgive someone to realize the, the greater purpose of this? Are you someone like his children who really didn't deserve this and we have to get over it and say, despite that, we're gonna make great things happen because of God? Or are you, are you someone like Phil who's just gotten so far away from God that you literally just need to repent, change, turn around, get away from people, move, whatever it takes to pull yourself out. And so wherever you find yourself in that movie and in that family, which is why Doug Dynasty resonated because I think a lot of people found something of themselves in the TV show. It's like, oh, I have an uncle like that or my parents or children. And somebody so I think in know. that story, yeah. I mean, everybody knows somebody. Exactly. So you can find yourself in there. And I think you realize if God can do this with these people, um, then God can do that in anyone's life. It's good. Obviously, you know, the movie center around the duck blind, but beyond that, the double meaning, you know, you were blind, but now you can see. And for all of us, we've had that story with Jesus. We've all been blinded by the world and now we can see through Jesus Christ. And there is truly hope for every single person listening, every single person watching the movie, every single person who is in whatever situation that you're in in your life right now. And I'm so excited for people to see this movie uh, for so many reasons. I think people are going to love it. If they're fans of Duck Dynasty, you're gonna see a dinner table scene. You're gonna laugh with Uncle Cy as a kid who's still saying, hey, Jack. Um, at what, seven years old, you're, you're gonna laugh, but you're also probably gonna cry. And um, if you have a friend that's going through a hard time, if you're going through a hard time, I would walk in that theater with a heart open, with eyes open, with ears open, uh, ready to receive Jesus for yourself. Because if you're going through a hard time, there is hope in Jesus Christ. And that is the message of this movie. I love how Sai said last night, you know, the true story of the Robertson family is the God's story. God's stories, yeah. Yes, and I want you to share a little bit of that because people are about to walk into a theater and see the Robertson family story. But mention what you mentioned in the prayer last night, and then if you'd pray over us that, what is the true story of the Robertson family? The true story of the Robertson family is that, okay, it all goes back to God. Yeah. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, okay, their story. Okay, God the Father loved us so much that he would send his son, okay? His son, in obedience to the Father, loved us so much, he willingly died on a cross for what I did wrong. I had gave up on him. Our whole family had. Janice Robertson, my sister, younger sister, she saw something in him that none of the rest of us saw. She said, if only someone will share Jesus with him, that man will bring more people to Christ than you will ever believe. She told that in, a, in Phil's bar one uh -huh. night, too, to all the people. Like, I'm like, Jen, they're drunk. And like there. Bill I'm Smith. Like... Bill Smith was another, you know, I call them special people. 
Okay, because without him, he wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have been come. He wouldn't have came to Jesus. Bill Smith was the only one that would have been able to reach him. I'm glad, he, glad he did. No, no, I'm serious. Because when he told you, he said, "He said you said I don't know what to do. I'm at the point I've fallen so far and way, I don't know what to do." And Bill said, "Hey, you got to die." Yeah, that was the most powerful part of the movie. Okay. So it's, it's God's story. I think y'all bring up such a good point with Jan and uh, Pastor Seth, because so many people are also that person in this story who are listening. And that might be in this case scenario, you have a friend and you're thinking, you know, how are we going to reach him? That might be buying a movie ticket. You know, that might be there. There's a moment at the end of the movie where Pebble Phil lays out the gospel, lays out what really happened to him. And so this might be an opportunity for people like Jan, you know, the Jans of the world, the pastors of the world that, you know, they might not be able to get someone into church, but you can get someone to go to the movie with you. So last night we got to see some of the hard parts of y'all's life, but now we get to see a lot of the sweet parts of y'all's life. So Pebble Phil, are there any words that you want to say to Miss Kay now looking at your beautiful wife years later? You better say something sweet. <laughs> yeah. David. Yeah. Help him. Well, uh, she's got a little sore leg. <laughs> and, and I notice her memory is like mine, not as sharp as it was. So the good news is- We're still alive. We're still alive, we're still going, and we have the greatest thing ever waiting on us. We'll fall asleep in 1001, we open our eyes and glorification has taken place, the promise has been made, and we'll live forever. Quite the story. Quite the story. I believe it. I love it. Amen. You wanted a kiss and you got a sermon. Hey, go. I'll take it. <laughs> what about you, Mama Kay? Well, what I want to say and push today is this. Like I sat in that swing for my whole childhood with my grandma. And she was always teaching me, always teaching me, always. And that's when she said, you're going to have to fight for your marriage. And I said, why would I do that? because I'm gonna pick out the perfect man. We're gonna live happily ever. And she said, that's just in a book. That's not real. Hmm. That's not real. You're gonna have problems. And she's the one that said, you're gonna have to fight for your marriage. And I said, who am I gonna have to fight for? And then she talked to me about good and evil, about how the Satan is wants to destroy all marriages, which he does, and all lives and all people. And yet God is over here saying, no, no, I will save you. But see, you have the choice between the good and the evil. And I mean, I never dreamed, even through the bad, I was like, but let's see, she said fight for your marriage, so I got to do that. And I remember one night when I just couldn't say anymore, and he was being mean with his words, you know, and Jason jumped on his back off the couch and said, stop being mean to my mommy. Stop being mean to my mommy, okay? And, and, and Willie ran through like this. Yeah, second. <laughs> and, and he was trying to make a light yeah. moment out of the worst moment. Like, look at me, hey, you I'll make I'm, you laugh. You know why I'm funny now? I'm trying to deal with the pain. I know, and I mean, I just think, you know, different kids do different things and they're trying to help. They're really trying to help. But see, there was Mr. Funny, your dad, 
And there was Mr. Serious, Uncle Jace, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he was trying, you know, and I thought, you know, these kids, they might, but it will always be better. Like my grandma said, if you fight for that marriage, and that's why I never, never wanted to give up. Now, yeah, he kicked us out. That was true. And we got nothing in the Volkswagen, did we? Willie was trying to haul stuff in there. Everybody was. But there wasn't anything that would fit on a rainy night in a, a white Volkswagen, a beige Volkswagen. And that's what With we were doing. With a hole in the floorboard. Thank you for mentioning Thank that. Thank you. That's safe. Well, you're the one that was throwing out the toys in the bottom of the car. I want to ask, too, just in seeing the movie and everything, what did y'all think about the actors who played y'all? Did did you see yourself in them? Because I thought Miss K, especially high school Miss K, looked just like you. It she was crazy. did. It was like looking myself on the screen. It really was. Uh, Dad, you got played by John Shepard, your grandson. That was really neat. Yeah. That seeing cool. my grandson play me at that age. And there was, uh, I think, two different lines uh, where he said, I'm TT man and I'm TT boy. I think that's what he said <laughs> he at the dinner did. table. He did. Our Rose started buzzing out laughing because you just hear, hear him in the back go, TT boy. TT boy. And yeah. I remember so saying did, that at that age. You know about dinner your table. bedwetting problem? Is that yeah, what I guess so? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a. <laughs> Man, that was quite the insight. That's, that's the, the blind, too. <laughs> <laughs> Willie wets the bed over and over. Exactly. I was blind in my sleep. People don't think that's a big deal, but when you're all in the same bed, that's huge. That's a big we deal. We had to start leaving home before we figured out who had the problem. <laughs> well, at least nobody complained, right? <laughs> never, oh. never. Well, Phil, what did you think about the guy that played you? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> it was so good. I think he had such a visceral reaction because when that was going on, he leaned into me last night during the movie and said, I hated that dude. Yeah. So he's seeing himself at that time. Yeah. And so it, it just did not bring back a pleasant memory, I think. Yeah, That's why when your life is just ripped, Which means he ripped did well. open. <laughs> yeah. It, it's whoever does the ripping. It's... Uh, yeah. It's, it's hard real. to watch. That's hard to watch. I mean, most people struggle to even share their story with a friend. And so to share your story. But I read, on I, screen, I quoted that verse that the Apostle Paul said it's, you, you come to grips with it and the rest is history. Yeah. Well, your humility in this is so powerful, and hopefully it'll spark other people to humble yep. themselves and be I able to share so. their story with their friends because so many people. All of us have these stories and, you know, people who are listening, people who are watching and your story is going to impact so many. But I hope people realize their story, too, is yeah. going to impact yeah. their family. Their well, they're going to say, well, if they yours. could get out and just show the whole world their laundry. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? And then we can do it, too. Pebble Phil, would you pray over the people who are going to be seeing this movie? I will. Father, you've uh, saved us all. Because of your grace and your love, none of us and no one else on planet Earth is going to get out of here alive except through you. I often, Father, tell the people I'm speaking to, do they have a better story? All of your sins removed, guaranteed to be raised from the dead, working in our lives so that we 
show them what love is, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all gifts from your spirit that you give to us to help us along the way. So thank you, Father, for being merciful toward us all. We love you. Help us love our brothers, our sisters worldwide. Get the message out to them that there is hope beyond this life and there is eternal life waiting on all people, all humans. We would come to you. Thank you, Father, for your work in the lives of this particular family. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you.